2: Hoop Ballers! Let's talk about your balls. Yep, your balls. And the area around them. Let's talk about Manscaped.com. Go there and use promo code HoopBall20 H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 Use the promo code and go check out all the tools they have of trimming the hedges and taking care of your lawn. Like the lawnmower 3.0 with a built in LED light to help you get into those dark thigh crevices on the inner parts. Also, the gooch. It is hard to get to the gooch if you can't see it. So use the LED light with the anti Tugless technology on the Razor, full long battery life. Then, Check out the weed whacker, bring that out of the shed, use it on your shrubs, cut down what you need, down to bare minimum if you need to. It's got a nice anti-tugless technology just like the Lawn Mower 3.0. It's also got a lithium battery and best news of all, these things are waterproof. So that way you can do it in the shower and take care of business in the cleanest way possible. HoopBall20 is the promo code that's going to get you free shipping as well as 20% off. I recommend using it. I recommend getting the complete care kit with your free shipping and your 20% off. Spend a little extra, get a lot more. There's a good care kit there for us gentlemen. Face scrub, shampoo, ball treatment, and the area that surrounds our balls. I believe there's even a pair of underwear in there for our balls. So yeah. That's going to conclude the talk about our balls. Now let's talk about bets. MyBookie.ag is where all the hoop ballers take care of their winnings and where we place all of our wagers that we post in our article and the wager pass, as well as our free plays and our Discord chats. Yes, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. We have today in sports betting.
0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation.
2: Another episode and another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I am your host, Devin Ellington, or at D A L E 007 on Twitter. You can find the rest of the team and other show and programming notes, articles, links, all that good stuff over with at Hootball Gaming. The rest of the team sticks out a lot more so than I do. We got guys that hit home run props every day. We got guys that uh, have enlightened the rest of us on some other stuff within the Discord. The Discord servers, I think, is probably the biggest selling point for me. You know, if I wasn't a part of this affiliation, I would join Football Premium in the gaming and the wager pass Just for the basis of having that discord banter and the access. Especially on a night like tonight with draft night. We're going to be having a live show for HoopBall. So make sure to check out Hoop-Ball.com for that. Or at HoopBallTweets. Come hang out with us. Don't forget the promo codes. You're going to hear me talk about those before the show. I always just like to double tap. It's the first rule of Zombieland. Um... And then, also, we're going to have, I talked about the guy that's really good about calling home runs. Well, we're going to have him on the show today, fellow hoop baller Jonathan Martinez. We're going to be talking a lot of baseball. We'll have some draft nuggets, I'm sure. And uh, we had a really good night as a team last night. Jonathan, how are you doing, bud? Good
1: morning, Devin. How's it going?
2: Oh, it's going. It's uh, a lot better than yesterday, technology-wise. You know, we'll, we talked about it off-air, but internet gods have been smiting me lately.
1: Yeah, this show's been like three, two or three days in the making, so I'm glad we're finally getting to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, as I alluded to you, Jonathan, uh, being kind of like our royalty and home run prop hitting, um... You dig into a lot of unique numbers, and that helps you pinpoint, you know, specific matchups and all that good stuff. And with a slate of games like today, you know, I'm seeing a bunch of value uh, based off sides, totals, team totals, just narrative. Uh, As we kind of unpack this baseball card, what is probably the biggest blemish – or thing that you're seeing for today's card that you're looking forward to, to getting your uh, day started with?
1: So yesterday I kind of missed out on some uh, golden opportunities, especially in those day games. And what I've noticed at least from yesterday was that there was tons of home runs hit uh, in the early, in the early uh, part of the card yesterday Especially in that Tigers uh, Twins game, the ball was flying all over the place, Um, and then even in that uh, Cardinals and and Indians game, um, you know, I thought I thought Cleveland going into that game was gonna have a hard time against Kim, but uh, it was the complete opposite, and uh, uh, Plezac was the one that was able to to keep the ball in the park for the majority of the game. Um, I think Carlson hit one off of him. But, um, you know, C- Cesar Hernandez, a guy uh, I talked about the last time I was on here, I believe he was at plus 500 to go yard. So he was kind of a long shot yesterday. Um,
0: and Ray then uh, him one, too, I think.
1: yeah Reyes Reyes but Reyes is almost at this point Reyes is pretty much a lock I mean you could find um if you shop around there's like times where you could find them at good value um I know I believe this week I had him um I'm not sure if I had him on discord but I had a personal play on him and I was able to find him at plus 400 which I thought was insane because if you if you pay attention to Cleveland like Reyes is a he's a tank of a man. Like he's just a big like home run hitting guy. And to find him at plus 400, um, especially the way he's been hitting since returning from the IL. I mean, it, it was a no brainer for me.
2: Yeah. I love this little bit of recap that we do. Um, I mean, there's some talking points on yesterday's games that are exciting that I want to get to. Uh, and I'll be real brief. Cause we got a lot to unpack today, but uh, yesterday on the Tigers, uh, was it they were playing the Twins? Yeah. Uh, hashtag Fade Hap Day worked out yeah. for us. Yeah, Two and sure in Tigers plays took them first five, took them full game at plus one twenty on the money line. Uh, so yeah, um, the Tigers put up seventeen runs. Uh, they gave up eleven runs. I think it was. Guess which team had more home runs. <laughs>
1: The surprisingly, the twins. <laughs> yeah,
2: the Tigers hit zero home runs yesterday, scoring 17 runs.
1: Yeah, I was, I was on, uh, I was on Eric Hos, um, and unfortunately, um, he came through with a, with a, I think a, a three-run single or double, double yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, he he was walked about three times, which I'm pretty sure is the first time he's ever been walked that many times, but. The way he was hitting uh, at target field uh, during that series, I mean, it it made sense for them to just put him automatically on base almost every time.
2: I mean, it was ridiculous. That guy has been on a tear lately, and you've had a couple moonshots called for him. This Tigers offense in general has been pretty fun to watch as they've kind of gotten a little bit more mature over the last month. I think A.J. Hinch and the hitting staff that he's got on there is really starting to help these young guys like Jamer Candelario, Akil Badu, still can't hit lefties, but you know, he's starting to hit off speed stuff a little bit better. You know, as a better, how pissed would you be if you open that box score and you see at first you're like, damn, 17-11? Yeah, my home run props definitely cash for the Tigers. And then you get in there and then you start looking through the box score. And you see, like all these runs, and you see zero home runs, like that—that that would have just been a shitty feeling as a batter, uh, if if you like, especially Haas. You know, he missed it. Like he got it to the warning track. You know, he was—I thought the ball was gone. I was watching the game live, uh, yeah. so
1: I thought he had another grand slam for sure. And uh, I know Twitter was blowing up. Um, the the interesting about Haas is that um, he actually. Has done this in like half the games that have been played uh, this season, and he was more of a like a matchup dependent,
0: yeah, uh, kind of guy. Team. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I mean, it's it's pretty amazing, and uh, like you said, the Tigers have kind of turned a corner now. Um, I think AJ Hinch should even be in consideration for um, you know Coach of the Year. I know that sounds a little crazy, but I mean the. The job he's done, you know, especially with all the under all the circumstances with, you know, everything that happened with the Astros and obviously uh, very,
2: the Tigers were.
1: yeah, very, very low expectations for the Tigers this season. And um, somehow, some way they're they're in third place in the in the uh, AL Central, you know, and um, you got to give credit to that coaching staff, to the players. You've seen a number of guys kind of. Um, step up a little bit this season. Um even on the pitching staff, um I really like Casey Mize. He's been yes. um up and down. And then uh Tariq Skubal, he uh you know, a high strikeout rate uh for a while. So there's development there and obviously um I'm pretty sure they have a, a really good uh farm system with all the all the top picks they've had over the you know, over the few years and um look forward to seeing how they do. I'm I'm a little nervous um, because I am a, a white sox fan and I think that uh, the Tigers are definitely turning a corner give it one more two two more years get some more guys in there and uh, they might have something
2: yeah and you know don't look now but the Royals have also won six of their last seven I believe so like this this is a good division and I don't want to is- extend my neck too far out but I look I next year I'll call it right now. And it's just because the last couple of years, last two or three years, there's been very similar teams uh, that I've seen going into, like, my season previews, and I'll be like, okay, that team's going to make the playoffs. They're making that second corner turn. And, look, next year, all I'm saying, health with their arms dependent. Um, The Tigers are a playoff team next year. Uh, You know, you've seen it. You know, they've got guys – that are out this year. Uh, not Scooball, their other really good pitcher. Um, I'm blanking right now. I think it's
1: Dorn, Dornhill or uh,
2: Turnbull, Spencer Turnbull. Yeah, oh, there
1: you go. Yeah, yes. you go.
2: Yep. yeah Spencer Turnbull. Uh, look, Tariq Scooball, Spencer Turnbull, and Casey Mize, young top three for your rotation. Don't get me wrong, but I think they're developing nicely. Scooball's cutting some of his bad tendencies out. He's already a way better pitcher than what he was last year and at the beginning of this season. So if they add another veteran arm or get like a comparable guy, like, uh, what Stroman's done for the Mets, um, look out for the Tigers next year. I'm not saying they win the division next year. Cause I think it runs through Chicago for the next, you know, foreseeable four or five years. But, uh, Tigers definitely in the postseason is something I'm enlisting in to the notion of for next season.
1: Yeah, I completely agree 100. percent At least a wild card bid, I could yeah. uh, see them turning the corner. And I mean, that's a quick that's a quick jump from um, being down at the bottom to to being in the at least in the playoff mix and yeah. being a, an exciting team to watch now.
2: Yeah, I mean they they f- did finish bottom of the barrel last year, if I remember right, in those standings. I think the Royals barely finished above them uh or it might have been flipped i don't know but now we're getting too far off away from today you know it was all right we started with yesterday but now we're talking about last year but that's all my fault i'm the i'm the bad host here (laughs) (laughs) uh it's baseball's exciting it's fun to follow like the uh grooves of recent history you know that helps us kind of down the tributary of baseball knowledge you know exactly um okay so yesterday fun day in baseball uh i'm shocked you didn't get a home run prop but you know like you said late night games a lot less you know it seemed like we had some really great pitching matchups Uh, i ended up pushing on the cubs reds game the reds on the road decided to score all the runs which they typically don't joey Votto's an animal uh There are some red-hot batters right now. So as we move towards today, based off just recent hitting and and in Fuego-ness, who are you keenly putting your eyeballs on to today, Jonathan?
1: Well, uh, it's funny that you talk about the Cubs and and Red Series uh, and Joey Votto. He's uh, hit uh, at least one home run in the last five games. He's hit uh, two now in back-to-back games, and he just seems to be – in this vintage Joey Votto groove, like um, I love you know, it. Oh
2: so, yeah, if I mean my Cubs. it's, it's like, been it's
1: been joy to watch. I mean, I uh, you know even even though I am a White Sox fan, I do root for the Cubs, and um, I'm glad that they finally are, are being sellers at the deadline. Um, it's finally it's time to finally give up uh, you know a few of these guys that have been here for a while and give up that uh, that championship hangover. But Joey Vado, I mean, he's kind of uh, jumped out of nowhere into this uh, this big second half, and I mean, you know, the Reds are kind of still in in the thick of things per se, um, and well, obviously their offense. Too. What, what was that?
2: They just went and got a reliever.
1: Yeah, Mostly. and I mean, and I mean, they, uh, you know, all all season long, they've had these big gaudy. Um, offensive stats, the the pitching staffs kind of, you know, let them down. And, um, you know, even uh, Jesse Winker went on a little slump and then uh, Castellanos has been out. So here comes Joey Votto and says, hey, I'll I'll put the team on my back and go off on this, uh, this home run streak. And as we've seen uh, throughout the season, a number of guys have gotten really hot and these home runs have kind of carried over for weeks on end. Um, the one I, I can remember off the top of my head was when Kyle Schwarber got hot out of nowhere. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been the more like unexpected guys that have been going on these like multiple game streaks of home runs. So he's the one that stands out to me today and uh, also having um, success against the, the Cubs star Alec Mills and I mean feels like he's hit a home run on on every guy that's on that roster that they could possibly throw out there to pitch so um, I'm sure we're going to find him probably at a low price today um, because the value is definitely uh, dried out on Vado. and unfortunately I haven't uh, been on him on on Hoopal. I was on him uh, on my own podcast so um, and I got him at like plus three something so yeah, I mean, Joey Votto, I think, today has to be on everybody's home run prop list.
2: At least on, like, it, in, on top of home runs. I mean, he is such a good veteran, savvy, smart hitter that in this Alec Mills kid has been struggling. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Cubs fan. Uh, I think that's, like, number 31 on the season. But uh, Alec Mills is not that good. And the Reds got some pretty good success against him. I will say, Joey Votto is 1 for 12 against him. Of course, that one hit being a home run. So water levels out with how hot he is and with how poorly Mills has been pitching over his last couple of starts. That could definitely easily tip over into like a 3 for 4 kind of day for Joey Votto. Um, I might even look at some Reds, try to combine like some player props bets like with a, maybe like a Kyle Farmer who's been sneaky hit and good lately uh, with, you know, his like maybe hits, runs, RBI's prop and then kind of stack it and pair it with like maybe Votto, uh RBI prop or just, kind you know, there's different intricate narrative ways to get these Cincinnati Reds, you know, or Cubs. Well, I mean Castillo's been pretty decent lately, so I honestly I'll back off the Cubs. But what I'm saying is it's in Wrigley Field and the offenses are seemingly alive. So at least one of them, the one that we're talking about.
1: Yeah, and, even uh last night, sorry to cut you off, no, but no, even last ahead. night, um on on my uh on my show. Uh, my co-host, he gave out uh, Votto plus to get two plus hits, and he ended up getting the second hit uh, in, the, in the top of the ninth. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many ways to play, especially this matchup, because there's been so much offense on either side where you could uh, mix match um, a Cub player and a, a Reds player Um and even like you said with the hitting props, I wouldn't even mind taking Votto on a two-hit prop today, just in case um, the home run doesn't come through. You kind of have some some leverage uh, behind you, and that'll for sure be at plus money. So um, that would be a smart play if you're if you're gonna play Votto to go yard, um, just to have a backup plan to get to get two plus hits, especially the way he's been hitting and Alec Mills struggling um I think that that could be a smart way to handicap this game
2: well I'm gonna do a Drax here and I'm gonna do you one better so (laughs) the thing that I've been playing a lot personally that I've really liked and it's been pretty much only tied to Michael Brantley because I feel like I got a good read on him in the Houston offense but I love doing player props in good positions and then Using the prop builder on my bookie and uh, selecting the, you know, and whatever team to win, it seems to add like an extra, you know, plus 100, plus 200 to the yeah, odd so itself. I mean, it's technically called like a player performance double. You can find it in the specific game menu for all their props, or if you go to the props builder, you can literally just build it up. And, uh, I've been cashing like crazy on Michael Brantley, two plus hits in Houston The wins at like plus 190, plus 200. So, yes, I, I really love that uh, Joey Votto angle. And then, look, we've talked about the pitching disparity and the m- mismatch here between Castillo and uh, Mills. So I'm not saying I'm on a specific side today, but – You know, I take starting pitching a lot into my handicapping. I am not the person to ask to back the Reds on the road because I've been slanderizing them all year as a road offense. But with how they're playing now and with how hot their most veteran hitter is, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, Sorry, Castillo's but, not all that, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, um, and the Cubs right now are kind of all over the place mentally with uh, all these, you know, trade rumors and stuff. And uh, similarly, I hope to, these
2: guys could be gone before the game starts today.
1: Exactly. You know, there's there could be easily, uh, you know, Chris Bryant could get scratched right before the game, just like we saw with with Jolie Gallo going to uh, New York. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it could easily happen today. I mean, it's like we said, it happened yesterday. Um, and, and their, their psyche is kind of all over the place. I kind of, uh, it's similar to how the whole thing with, with Seattle trading away Kendall Graveman was like, I think Seattle right now is like a team you kind of fade for a couple more days because that's like their main, like they're still upset about that. Like, and I don't think it's going to, that, that sour taste is not going to come out of their mouths anytime soon and and it's kind of like whoever they play right now and they kind of get into a tougher stretch um you know in the next the next few days so I feel like with the Cubs same thing I mean the Reds seem to be um getting hot at the right time and and even without arguably their best player in Castellanos you know the shit you know they, they still have it, you know the, the boat rolling so you know I, I would definitely uh try to get as many um, kind of props and little nuggets that you can out of this game um, because the ball has been flying out and and like we talked about the numbers and stuff like that. So, so yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a weird time to handicap, but you can also use a bit of it to your advantage. And I really hated hearing about the way the Mariners, uh, what a clubhouse uh, felt about the Graveman exit. And you know what's crazy is the Mariners. If I looked at the numbers right. My dyslexia wasn't kicking me in the ass. Uh, I believe that they were over. Uh, man, now I'm doubting myself. I thought I was looking at the standings, and they were like over 500. So it was like,
1: yeah they they were still they're still in a in a wild card, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, mix. You know, and I just thought, you know, obviously you don't you don't send a trade within. Your your division. division. Yeah. And like, then nonetheless, saying, like man? while you're playing them, you know? Like that was just weird, you know. And and I felt like um the Mariners, the way they made that, they made this like push out of nowhere. Um, they definitely could have used Graveman because he's arguably been one of the best, if not the best, reliever this season in all of baseball. And um they could have, you know, been been buyers instead of sellers, which is it's just weird. And I feel like it kind of um, devalues what these guys have done uh, this season. And it's kind of like a slap to their face. But right. um, I mean, you, you obviously are, you know, been following the, the Astros and Abraham Toro. He's been he's been red hot. Like, how about
2: that home run shot against his former team? Yeah,
1: it's already two days in a row. I mean, he's, yeah, you know, he, he's, he said, you know, what you're going to trade me and I'm just yeah. gonna, you know, switch a jersey with this team and play for the Mariners, and I'll keep it going. I mean, seems like you know, it, it lit a fire underneath him for sure. So it might end up working out because I mean, he's a younger guy. Graveman's already, you know, in his 30s. He's
2: expensive too, so they shave some cap and uh, salary by getting rid of Graveman.
1: Yeah, I mean they, and then they're they're in a position to. You know, if if they wanted to make some moves here, but I mean, they haven't really. Besides, besides that trade, and then um, the uh, the flop, I guess with with um, I believe they were going to get Tyler Anderson, or he ended yeah. up going. To see that. Yeah, that would have been
2: great for them.
1: Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll see how the the deadline plays out. I'm excited. I mean, today is just a really big day in sports in general with, uh, you know, we got the baseball card and just the, the other stuff going on with the with the trade deadline and then obviously the NBA draft. So it's it's a really exciting day.
2: I agree. I can't second it uh, any more than that. So with day baseball, uh, we're going to start seeing some baseball lineups a lot here soon. And there's some guys I'm going to be looking at. And, you know, one last note with the Mariners then I'll cap it. But I look at them as, like, being a half step behind the Tigers and for next year, you know. Um, I I look at them kind of similarly. And Joe Smith, you know, they were able to get Joe Smith out of Houston, which is a nice – I mean, he's old, but, like, he's a good veteran closer. (laughs) Excuse me. That frog got jumping. Uh, (laughs) And with that being said, Houston added 30 – Saves from relievers that they brought in uh, on those deals that they just made.
1: Yeah, they when picked up Garcia crazy. from uh, the Mariners. I mean, from the Marlins as well. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. So I mean, Houston, they're they're just you know, they just they just keep making trades every year, especially around the deadline. I mean, you know, you saw how uh, the momentum played out when they when they got Verlander from Detroit a few years ago. And um, obviously, these trades aren't to that magnitude, expe- especially for name value. But um, I mean, it's always key to, to get that relief, that, that bullpen help, especially around this time. I think that's one of the more like underrated um, things about like the deadline is like what relievers get moved. Because a lot of people, if you're not a, like, a, like a true baseballer, like a guy that's paying attention to these things, and guys that are coming out of the pen, um, like moves like this are like the key ones, especially come playoff time. You know, you could throw different arms out there and and just, you know, lock down those innings, have those, you know, one, two, three innings or just have a setup guy and then a, the closer to just lock things down, which is, is key. And obviously, Houston's kind of, you know, perfected that every every uh, deadline, they make these big moves, especially pitching where their pitchers, you know,
2: yeah. And then the Yankees continue to just just go get bats, even though pitching's been their downfall every year at the playoffs. That one didn't
1: make sense to me. I, I just
2: <laughs> they love their left-handed power hitters. Don't get me wrong; they want the guys to pull the ball over the right field wall in New York. But it to me, it's stupid. Like it's just the basic Yankees complexity again. Yankees, we got the freaking money. Let's just go get the biggest guy, the biggest name on the trade market. And, I mean, I get it. Their hitters have been not that healthy or performing that well and whatnot. But go start with relief pitching. You just blew a no-hitter for your guy and then lost the game against your rival, the Red Sox, in your own division. What do you think is going to freaking happen in the playoffs? You know, like
1: I don't. I mean, they're not gonna. I don't even think they're gonna be even in the playoffs. But that's right. that's that's just me. And like I, yeah, I totally agree, one hundred percent. It's basically we're gonna we're gonna win our games with our power with our bats. But at the same time, like we're
2: gonna blow our games.
1: Yeah, we're just gonna blow it up. Yeah, like you know our our bull their bullpens terrible. And I mean, even uh even Chapman hasn't been no you know, to his best you know playing to his best ability. Um, I'm surprised that they haven't made any any moves within the within the market.
2: Starter.
1: Yeah, at least another starter or relief pitcher. I mean, someone under I
2: mean, the age of 35.
1: There was there was so many other teams that I that I would have assumed Gallo would have pit, fit perfectly on. Um me personally, I mean I thought the Giants would have been nice. Dude, um,
2: okay, yes. I I feel like I was the only one thinking or saying that, but I was hoping that they were going to be an awesome little dark horse to get him. That would have been just If that would have happened, I probably would have locked in Astros Giants in the World Series.
1: But I, I still have a feeling that they're in play for Chris Bryant. There's something that's just telling me like they're, yeah. they they waited patiently and they decided, "Hey, we're going to get the guy that could obviously move around now because I think KB's value is at an all-time high. Um, obviously, with him playing so many different positions, even yesterday, they uh, shifted him to second base, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's at an all-time high. And even with um, them being so successful and surprisingly being one of the top, top teams in all the baseball and home runs, I mean, you throw Chris Bryant in the middle of that lineup, and he could get on, you know, he makes good contact. He's a, he's a guy that could get a lot of doubles, get on base, and then also have pop. So I think he's the perfect fit. And I think that they kind of played it out smartly, you know, just um, waiting patiently and seeing um, other options, obviously, whatever else is on the market. But now the, the names that we assumed were going to get moved, you know, that list is kind of dwindled down. So now it's like Chris Bryant is the guy. Like he's the biggest – piece at the deadline that'll be moved and I think it's guaranteed that he'll be moved but if he goes to the Giants man I think you have to lock in uh, a a Giants Astros uh, World Series here
2: yeah I really like how the Giants have come from out of nowhere and you know in the preview article that Blake and I did we had San Diego which my naivety got us there Uh, maybe thinking, like, overzealously, like, oh, yeah, the Padres. Like, they're polarizing. and They're the best thing that can go against the Dodgers. We thought it was, like, a two-horse race. Uh, So, uh, I love the fact that the Giants have kind of just snuck up out of nowhere. Uh, You know, they're still losing a lot of games to the Dodgers, though. I mean, they got to handle that stuff. But they are second in the majors behind Toronto. With uh, home runs per game, uh, one and a half. Toronto hits 1.55 home runs per game. So, uh, San Francisco, man, yeah, they—they, they, I think you're right. They got some definitely sneaky uh, angles to look at. Um, trying to keep their plays close to the vest as they move on post deadline. Um, and then also. Like their pitching and defense has been great, but I would say look for them to maybe sneak around and grab a you know starter or a uh, mid-level guy or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean they, I mean the Cubs. Everyone keeps talking about like there's potentially a, a package deal with with Brian, both Kimbrel and 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 Chris Bryant being moved. So there's a lot of teams that have been thrown out there. Even even the New York Mets are one of the teams that have been named. Um, but there's, I mean, even if they get like a, like a Jose Barrios from, from Minnesota, I mean, I think that would, that would be nice for them as well. Um, he's, he's like, he's had, he's had an up and down kind of year, but he's still a a guy that could give you six, seven innings. And I mean, I think he's kind of, uh, when he's right, he's, he's really good. I mean, he's, he's been an all-star and, you know, I, I had him as a dark horse to win, uh, the Cy Young this year. And he got off to a really good start, but Minnesota's just been a dumpster fire in yeah. general this year. So, um, if if they could get a move, a trade like that, or you know, so maybe someone else, then I mean, it just only boosts their their chances. And they're still um, not even the favorite to win their division on the market, on the betting market, which is insane to me because the Dodgers, as good as they are on paper, I mean, they have they have real pitching issues as well in their bullpen. I mean. And and you would expect them to address then, you know, in, in the deadline. They've been relatively quiet, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, we got we got obviously a, a day left pretty much so the deadline is up, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see who ends up moving where by tomorrow. Yeah.
2: Couple last tidbits of trade deadline that we need to break down some of today's card. I think we've just been enjoying unpacking two days of Show planning. <laughs> um, so, my favorite trade that's happened so far because I like both players, and I think it was honestly just a win win for both teams. It was a good old fashioned swaparoo. And that was the A's and the Marlins making a deal for Jesus Luxardo, as well as uh, uh, him being shipped off, but them getting Marte in return, Starling Marte. Uh, Marte probably, outside of Gallo, one of the more sought-after bats in the market with what he offers as a complete player. He can play any position in the outfield. He's got a cannon. He's got great fielding. He can also hit, but he's also got great vision at the plate. He's got speed. And then also, I think what worked out really well for the A's was trading Jesus Luzardo. This is a kid that I've been high on since I watched him throw a pitch for the first time, uh, going back to last season. He's a young kid with team control. And then the A's just couldn't really find a place for him. They tried him as a starter. They tried him as a mid-relief guy, as a setup guy, as a close. You know, they, they tried. And I think they just had too many other pieces, and the kid got hurt. at untimely times, and uh, he also had some bad outings just when they were really looking for him to kind of take off. Not a bad mark on him. Overall, this is still one of the best, I think, pitching prospects in the majors right now, and his service time is uh, what's big here is Miami's getting a good deal in regards to his service time and team control aspects of his contract.
1: Miami just continues to load up on these pitchers I mean they're the if, fish
2: with arms
1: <laughs> yeah they uh they they just have a, a, a abundance of of pitching talent um It'll be interesting to see if they could uh get Lazardo right i mean he's only twenty three years old and uh they're obviously in, in no rush to throw him out there or um you know obviously depend on him to to win meaningful games um they're kind of in a a weird position because I feel like um, they could they could easily trade away uh, Jesus Aguilar and, and Adam Duvall here, and also and continue to load up on on young prospects and guys that have a lot of potential. So they're they're I mean they were in the playoffs last season, and I don't think anyone expected that because they had a, a bunch of just guys that no one really was paying paying attention to. Um, they didn't have like great name value, but surprisingly, uh, you know, Aguilar and and Duvall are up there in, in RBIs. They're basically, I think like forty percent of their offense has come through those two at bat, you know, batters. And uh in regards to this straight, I mean, Marte has always been a very good baseball player. Um, you know, especially going back to Pittsburgh and um getting him out there with Mark Canna um out in Oakland and Putting him in the middle of that lineup with uh, Olsen and then uh, oh, Max, yeah. Matt Max Chat, yeah, and, and Chapman seems to be um, waking up here. Um, he was he was Saturday a guy yesterday. he was a guy I was high on. I mean, coming into this year, and he's kind of uh, been a letdown. But he's gotten hot in July, and um, putting putting Marte on that team, I mean, that was a great pickup. I, they definitely had an, a need in the outfield and they address that to, you know, to the core. And, um, obviously they're trying to make a push in the AL West. And, uh, it worked, like you said, it worked out beautifully for both sides. It was, uh, an even trade. Um, I'm sure a lot of people, uh, know who Starling Marte is. Um, and then, you know, you look into Lazardo's background and obviously, he's, uh, a top level prospect and it's just a matter of, uh, Figuring things out, and and the Marlins are, you know, notorious for being like pitcher whisperers or gurus, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call them, and they just have abundance of of, of great pitching that they could uh, use for the next five years.
2: Going all the way back to the bowels of Josh Beckett. Oh, that sounded like okay. I was, the bowels of history for the Marlins. <laughs> Uh, I can't really use that saying if you're going to talk about a person because we literally have fouls. Uh, Josh Beckett, and then, of course, Dontrell Willis, and then now. You know, it's just – it's. I like to see the tradition and history to kind of keep forth. Um, okay. All right, but let's get into some specific games today. Let's roll through some stuff. Uh, probably pick the pace up a little bit here because we want to get into some NBA draft chatter, which I'm excited to get into. Um, okay. So I'm pretty much just going to start with the first game, uh, get organized here in regards to time structure um, and the card itself. Let me get. Yeah, Wait,
1: we I'm could gonna be, gonna be here for days ahead. talking about all sorts of stuff. So, I, yeah. I completely-
2: No, we could do a podcast on the Luxardo Marte trade. I mean, that was a good, like, 20-minute banter session we could have had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, me being a terrible host and jacked up on caffeination and coffee and stuff, I look, squirrels are all over, and I'm just trying to look at all of them. So, <laughs> I, um, okay, so this 11, I'm, I'm just going to probably lop some of these games off uh, out of my personal interest, but if you do have a talking point, please do put the boot down, okay? Washington, Philly, Scherzer, look, he may not make this start, he, like, I'm just saying, it's getting close. Maybe this is his – the Nationals have a deal in place and this is, like, his last start and they know that. And Scherzer's like, look, if you're going to trade me, it's going to be after I make a start, you know, because he's got every say in this. But a lot of weird stuff around this. Uh, the team history, you know, just this divisional matchup. I mean, there's some good individual numbers and exposure against Zach Wheeler. Obviously, these teams see each other a lot. Washington started at minus 130, uh, minus 140 now on the money line, eight and a half's the total, lost a nickel on the shade. So it was minus 115, minus 110, but no total number movement. Again, this is the first game of the day, 11.05. Good pitching matchup if it happens with Scherzer and Wheeler, but overall just too weird of a game for me to get involved with.
1: I'm not even sure if this game even happens. I mean, I don't I don't understand what MLB is doing as far COVID. as uh, yeah. the protocols and stuff. Obviously, uh, Trey Turner was pulled out uh, during a game and apparently tested positive, and then they canceled yesterday, postponed the game yesterday because there's a, there's an outbreak, so I don't know how. Um they'll manage to play this, this game today. Um, if like who like we haven't really heard about what players are in protocol besides Turner or anything like that. Um, you mentioned Scherzer being uh potentially dealt. Um I know yesterday everyone kept, last night on Twitter was blowing up about how he was supposed to be moved. Um by the end of the night, it obviously didn't happen.
2: He squashed um, that
0: stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just I don't even know if this game will be played, so yeah, I'm on the same boat. I didn't have any plays for this one because ultimately, it's a double header for one. so we're losing if you're looking at the 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 home run props market, we're losing at least in a bat for every um, guy that's that's gonna be out there. And um, obviously, you could find some value because these numbers are gonna be juiced up if uh, if you know the books offer uh, home run props in this game. But ultimately, I just think there's just too many uncertainties just like you, and I'm going to stay away from this first
2: game. Perfect. Um, I will say, if the game happens, the under has some good value in it, just for the simple fact that you got dominant arms, and uh, you got a lot of in-and-outs and and a lot of uncertainties with the lineups. Uh, Jan Gomes is questionable for the catcher position for Washington, and then they're already down or uh, a map's going to be out he's on the paternity list so offense is going to be a little shaken up today people playing in different spots on defense focus is going to be a little scattered so i might look at a first five under maybe a full game under i don't know. uh yeah, i mean
1: yeah the day games i mean they besides now because it's obviously the the weather's kind of played a factor into all this but um Coming, like, usually the day games are, are a lot slower. And, I mean, you also have to factor in it's a seven-inning game. And, like you said, a number of different pieces being shuffled around and um, potentially um, not so much offense on the, on the national side today with a few of their, their key, key guys out of the lineup.
2: Yes. um, Atlanta and New York, the Mets. We were talking – I say we, but Blake and I, uh, <laughs> I just loaded a play of his on this game. He got the first game in on the wager pass. Uh, Drew Smiley, who I've been enjoying fading this year, but he's put together a couple of good starts lately. Uh, Tyon Walker, who has kind of gone the opposite direction um, in this intra divisional matchup, also, which I look, I think I've just come to find out that I'm not that great handicapping this division because it is such a weird dog eat dog division. Um, I was originally looking at a New York Mets first five play, but the juices in the market was just a little weird squeeze. And overall, again, this division really does not blow my rocks up or socks or rock em, sock 'em or whatever the saying is. Uh, In any way, you know, I was looking at some angles. I, I do like some DFS stuff for the Mets. Is like some sneaky plays against Drew Smiley, even though he's trending up. You know, so long story short, I don't really like this game either, um, and I don't really have a play on it.
1: Yeah, I'd say for DFS purposes, you could uh, definitely get uh, James McCann in the, in the lineup for you, um, or our listeners. You guys are going to play uh, the early games in DFS. Um, McCann has nine hits against Smiley and um, in, in nine uh, at-bats. Got two home runs for RBIs with a um, with a slugging percentage over a thousand. So he's he's hit him well over his career. Um, and even even with that home run those two home runs, um, could potentially be looking into getting some uh, playing a long shot with, with McCann at go yard today.
2: Yes. I yeah. I yes. <laughs> I love McCann. <laughs> I was looking at him. In a couple different spots, so McCann or nothing. Uh, So,
1: I wish he was still with the Sox. I I think uh, he would he would have played a big role with uh, with our injuries, especially yeah, yeah, you know, with Groundall being out. I was I was a little disappointed that they couldn't bring him back, but he's he's a good catcher and and he's kind of like been a little bit of a letdown in New York. But I mean he was always a backup catcher. It wasn't like he was this this starting, you know, all star catcher. It just kind of worked out when he when he came to Chicago. Cause he used to kill us when he was in Detroit. But um yeah, he's a guy that I would I could pinpoint today and putting in. And he'd probably be at a at a reasonable price. So you could kind of load up on on some guys.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um I think he was around four thousand or something, like forty one hundred on DraftKings. Uh, new York, the Yankees, showing off, you know, their new toy. Uh, maybe I think Gallo will probably play in this game. Um, Garrett Cole is on the mound, and then the Rays are sending out Luis Patino. Five point two six ERA for Patino. Uh, one and two record. Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. He didn't look as sharp his last outing, so. What I think is he probably locks in and is really efficient, does really well. Today, he tends to go up and down. If he has a crap start, the next one he's just like pissed and determined, and then vice versa. If he has a a good start or he, you know, throws 120 pitches, his next start he usually has some of those control issues. His patience is a little less. I will say that G-Man Choi – owns Garrett Cole.
1: Yes, yes. I'm glad he brought him up.
2: <laughs> so I'll let you talk about that because uh, you're our props and home run guy, but I noticed that G-Man Choi just absolutely loves hitting Garrett Cole. Yes,
1: yeah, so I'm currently looking at uh, my bookie, and uh, they, they do not have a, a G-Man Choi um, home run prop up as of yet. Um, I'm I'm assuming that that will change once he's put into the lineup today and the lineups come out. But as you said, um, Choi has had tons of success against Gary Cole, and um, he's hit three home runs with eight RBIs and 12 at-bats. So I I think uh, Choi is in a prime position to go yard today, and um, he'll definitely be – on my uh on my list today for for uh, home run props on the wager pass. So I'll have a write up for that, go get a little more in depth since we're we're a little um you know short on time here and trying to run through the play. So I'll I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, three home runs against Garrett Cole um should be in the lineup and probably get a, a good number on him. And uh in a little bit before we move on, over the last seven days, uh he's hit two home runs. So um, coming into this into this matchup, hitting pretty well on top of uh, having so much success against Holt- Cole over his career.
2: This is a good spot for him. He's the only person uh, out of the Tampa Bay hitters that has more walks than strikeouts against Garrett Cole. Granted, he's got three walks and two strikeouts, but it's a lot better than Kevin Kiermeyer's nine strikeouts and two walks, or Nelson Cruz's six strikeouts and zero walks, or Austin Meadows', Meadows. eight strikeouts, yeah, and zero walks. G. Zanino. Zun- yeah, Zanino, man, eleven and one, or yeah, yes. strikeout to K. Uh, look, six sixty-seven average, seven thirty-three on base uh, plus slug, or I'm sorry, uh, on base percentage. One point six six seven slugging, two point four zero on base plus slugging, nine ten woba, and a thousand. I you hear me right? A thousand on ISO against Cole. That is crazy. So, yeah, yeah and Choi. Uh,
1: yeah, unfortunately though, I'm looking as of right now. I'm looking at the. uh uh, the lineup card for today, and uh, for whatever reason, he's not even in the starting lineup.
2: Oh, man. So. Maybe it's a Koi.
1: <laughs> that's, 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 that's really disappointing. I think we could have gotten a, a really good number on him today, but unfortunately, he's not in the lineup.
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, there's a late scratch. <laughs> uh, G-Man Choi, if he's not in there, Yandi Diaz offers the best net. Next best kind of personal experience against Garrett Cole. Um, not really looking to talk about New York's bats too, too much. This 110 game featuring your White Sox going against Kansas City at Kaufman Stadium. They're getting a favorable matchup here. Uh, Rodon, the lefty going up against Carlos Hernandez, 6.04 ERA, just kind of like a fill-in stopgap for the Royals. Is this a run line and White Sox team total play kind of day or uh, I mean, it's 95 degrees in Kansas City. It's going to be hot and humid. So I think the ball could be popping. But the players, I mean, maybe that heat drains them. So I don't know what to make of the total.
1: And the Sox, the Sox have been kind of tricky to figure out the last um, couple of weeks. I mean, Especially on the road. Yeah, especially on the road. And KC and always, every year, it doesn't even matter what the, the scenario is. If uh, either team is in the mix or not, um, always always give the White Sox a hard time. Obviously, uh, the Sox do have the advantage with Carlos Rodon on the mound. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm kind of cautious about this game, just especially the way it played out last night. Um because I was, I was disappointed at, that, that Giolito had such a great, uh, start. He's been really disappointing this year. He's probably, um, gotten lucky that, you know, Lance Lynn, um, and, and Rodon have, have had really good years to kind of, um, you know, take that pressure off of him. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going to stay away from this game. It's just that the White Sox lineup has been so up and down lately. Um, I'm waiting for them to make a move to get either another power bat in there or somebody I can get on base, um, especially at, at second base. So um, I'm going to stay away from this, even though I could t- I could see KC um, with that weather hitting a few bombs here, even off of uh, Rodon. Um, Sal Perez, for whatever reason, has been lights out at Kauffman, and that's usually a, a, a pitcher's ballpark. So um, I think around the the derby, they were saying that he's he's actually lost about like like four or five potential home runs just at at home. So his total could even be higher than what it is. But he seems to be hitting the ball well at home. He hit one last night to tie up the game in the ninth. So um, potentially going in on a Sal, Sal Perez prop, but more more than likely just staying away and just keep an eye on on the game and see who does well and what the outcome is.
2: Absolutely. I'm kind of in the same notion. Uh, Salvi, 340 against lefties for what it's worth. He's pretty much the Royals' best threat against South Falls. um, Dodgers, Giants at 245, David Price, they've kind of been using him as an opener. Uh, Going against Johnny Cueto, a couple of old heads, uh, Dodgers minus one twenty five on the money line, eight and a halfs the total, minus one fifteen shade on the over. You know, I a lot of these early games are offering some kind of just weird, you know, angles. The the market's being weird to me, you know, with the numbers and stuff. So I'm being a little finicky and picky today, I think. But like, I honestly just don't see much in this game either. You know, Mauricio Dubon hits lefties pretty well. Um, I might look at, like, a sneaky, just small little, um, like, you know, Giants play somewhere, like maybe with Wilmer Flores's total bases or Buster Posey hits 394 on lefties. So maybe Buster Posey can maybe, you know, get one out against David Price. But uh, he's questionable, so – uh Brandon Crawford's also questionable. Lamonta Wade Jr.'s questionable. So I mean, look, I, I don't have anything here.
1: I would say another guy that potentially um could do something in this matchup would be uh Darren Ruff.
2: Mm.
1: Um he's rough and tough. A, yeah, rough and tough. He's he's a he's a platoon kind of guy, especially against lefties. Uh he's had uh a lot of success this year. Uh six home runs uh slugging percentage over 600 batting 297 um so yeah i mean ruff could be a guy that could uh potentially hit one a long way here um and for what it's worth um some of my some of my uh research that goes into these props that i give out is uh success during you know if it's a day or a night game and for what it's worth he's hit uh five of his 10 home runs uh during day games with a 681 slugging percentage. So it's a lefty matchup going against David Price. It's not like Price throws hard stuff. Um, so maybe we can get one with Ruff if he's in the lineup today. So potentially playing uh, Darren Ruff on a home run throw.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, kind of just speed gloss over the last back end of games uh, so we can get some draft coverage top in. Milwaukee-Pittsburgh look at – Milwaukee added Edmorto Escobar in the infield, which is a great move for them. Freddie Peralta on the mound tonight against Chad Cole. Uh, Chad Cole, he's got a 4.38 ERA. So, I mean, he's been doing decent over his last, like, two starts. But, like, him in the first inning is just – him and Will Crow. Like, those two pitchers are just – hard to have on your staff if you want to not let your opponent score early. So I might look, if I can find a decent number, I might look at some Milwaukee stuff to back, but the totals moved from eight and a half down to eight. So in minus 190 for Milwaukee on the money line, that's just obviously astronomical. The run line is still minus 120. So, obviously not looking to do too much with uh, this game. Christian Yelich out indefinitely with COVID-19 protocol. Jace Peterson as well. So, another game that I'm just going to have to bypass.
1: Yeah, the only, the only play I like currently, um, and you can get this number over at my bookie, is uh, Freddie Peralta on a, a K prop.
2: Uh, you can get him at plus 110
1: for uh, seven-plus strikeouts. So I, I really like that one today, at least in that game so far. Yeah.
2: That makes a lot of sense to me. Pittsburgh, uh, they lost some of their good hitters so far with trades. So um, definitely looking at playing that. I like that call. So I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. Um, I'm going to be supporting the Tigers today, again, against uh, the lefty Alexander Wells. For the Baltimore Orioles, Tigers are at home. Casey Mize, who we talked about earlier in the show, going to be making his start over under uh, 10 in some spots. You can find it at nine and a half in a couple of places. Bavada's got it right now at nine and a half for minus 120. Minus 155 for the Tigers on the money line. And it opened at minus 140. You're seeing minus 160 in some spots, too. But I'm going to be playing the run line more than likely, and this will be getting into the wager pass probably. So sneak peek, y'all. Uh, minus one and a half at plus 120. And then, obviously, when team totals and stuff come out, I'll look at maybe a Detroit team total again because I'm sure it will be about four uh, they're they they got some sneaky power against lefties. This Derek Hill kid that they've been getting in the lineups, got some good looks against lefties. And then Jamer Candelario. Uh so I Miggy Cabrera, <laughs> like he's still hitting lefties. So I mean, I I'm, I'm I'm definitely okay with backing the Tigers today, even more so on the run line. I think lots of runs get scored. Baltimore's got a pretty bad bullpen. And then if you want to play Detroit in the first five, the pick so then minus half a run is minus one twenty five compared to the minus one sixty five on the money line, so probably looking to support the tigers first five full game again, if you want to do the uh you know the what's that called first five full game bet where it's like a single bet I can't remember what they call it, but you usually get it at plus odds, you know that would be a good one that'd be a good spot to look at so. That's pretty much all I got to say on this one, just looking to back the hot team.
1: Yeah, the uh, I think the over is the, for the 10 or or 9.5, especially if you can find it at 9.5. I think that's that's pretty much a uh, no-brainer there. Um, both teams, obviously, we saw what, what the Tigers did yesterday, um, putting up all those runs in Minnesota. We could see a very similar outcome here against Baltimore, who gives up a ton of runs. They could also score a lot of runs as well as they came back last night against uh, the Marlins uh, at home. So I, I definitely see a lot of runs scored in this one. Um, and I tend to not do this, but on a day that I uh, missed on Haas getting a home run last night, um, I might be on him again today because more likely than not, um, since he took a day off from hitting a home run for us, um, he'll be back on the board today. Uh you get him at plus two fifty. Um, and I'm sure if you shop around you can get an even better number. But uh Haas has just been lights out against lefties all year. So um I think that's a matchup that he could uh take advantage of. And obviously he's been red hot. So uh took a little break yesterday, um, came through with a with a you know, with a three run shot and uh with a three run single and then today I think he could go yard um at Comerica. So yeah, I like uh I like Haas to go with a home run and then uh the over in the game total. I think a lot of runs will be scored.
2: I like that. I like that a lot. Um be real brief on these last two on my opinions. Uh, I want to hear what you got to say about some NBA draft stuff. But uh <clears throat> excuse me. Hinjan Ryu, Erod, Toronto, Boston. I'm looking at over ten. And it's already risen up to ten and a half, minus one. 15, minus 120 shade in some spots even. Expecting lots of runs. Toronto against lefties typically hit really well. Boston at home in general as an offense usually does pretty well. So I might even sprinkle just both team total overs um, on top of the over and just have like a little trifecta play in that. Oakland, minus 115. They rose from minus 105. Dylan Bundy starting for the Angels. Um, looking to fade him. Uh, over nine is uh, something else that I'm looking at. With the way that the athletics offense is starting to wake up, they could hit this easily themselves. The Angels has a terrible bullpen. They were featured in a game last night with tons of the biggest offensive threats for both teams being out, and yet the offense is still struggled not that much to get to 15 runs. So, Oakland Moneyline. I'd played all the way up to minus 120. And then I like over nine, seeing as double-digit runs is a probability in my mind in this game.
1: Yeah, um, jumping back to that uh that Blue Jays Red Sox game. Um I'm in on Teoscar Hernandez to get a home run. Um over his career against uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. He's hit three home runs. Um he's hit lefties really well all year over 300 uh, batting average against lefties this season, um, has done most of his damage as far as the home runs go on the road. So um, to Oscar Hernandez to get a home run today, like you mentioned, Boston, um, I mean, the Blue Jays have hit lefties as well all year and just hitting a lot of uh, home runs in general this season. Um, and then same thing with with, uh, with Bundy. Um the bunnies taking the mound for the Angels. Um I like uh Matt Olson to go yard as well. So those are two guys I could uh pinpoint even on a day uh DFS lineup. I think those are guys that could uh, uh could, could go yard or have big games today.
2: Heck yeah, man. I love it. Uh you know, I'm I'm just kind of getting all my DFS stuff together for today. So uh I usually incorporate your wager pass plays and then some stacks and stuff that I uncovered in my handicapping research. So uh, it all works out. I've had a winning day, like, you know, I think a good four or five days in a row now. So um, with MLB pretty much being bookended there, I mean, we covered a lot guys and gals, whoever's listening. Um, But I wanted, so Cade Cunningham's going to be the number one pick in the draft. I mean, that's unanimous. We, we probably, yeah. if not, it'd kind of be shocking. I mean, there is some, you know, lure to the kid uh, Green being slated in at the one pick too. But I mean, it's it's to me, it's got to be Cunningham. But have you seen any betting markets on this draft stuff that you like? Um, I, I think we kicked around the idea in the Discord. Uh, a couple of us were chatting about like exact results for the top three picks.
1: Yeah, so a few – I think last week I put up um, on the Discord uh, for the top three exact order to be Cade uh, Cunningham at one to Detroit, uh, Jalen Green slotted at number two to the Rockets, and then Evan Mobley, who I believe is the best player in this draft, to go to Cleveland at three. Um, as of last week, You could have got, got it at minus 120, um, and I could double check what the market is on that right now, but with just the, the way everything's played out with the reports and, um, even though Detroit hasn't definitely definitively said that they're going to go with Cunningham at number one, um, all signs point to that, uh, happening. Um, Jalen Green going to makes a lot of sense because, uh, the Rockets just need, I think they need a scorer more than they need a big, um, even though I think the pairing of Mobley and Wood would be nice. I think that um, they're actually pretty uh, sold on Kelly O'Linick just the way he played the second half of the season. So I think that kind of cha- changes their um, draft board a little bit. And Green would be nice next to uh, Kevin Porter Jr. And then um, – you know, Evan Mobley, like I said, I think he's the best overall player in the draft. Um, and I think him and him and Allen, Jared Allen, that tandem, especially defensively, is pretty nasty. Um, Evan Mobley was a guy who, um, was obviously highly touted out of high school, uh, went to USC, played with his, with his brother, uh, Isaiah and, uh, went on a nice little run in the tournament. Um, has a lot of card kind of skills, ball handling wise, uh, very mobile big. Um, and he's listed as a center, but I think ultimately he plays as a, as a four, um, even though there's also reports that Cleveland um, could potentially play him at, at the three, which would be insane. Um, but I think ultimately that's how the, the top three shape out um, in the draft.
2: Yeah, there are some definite, top end prospects in this draft, uh, some really great talent, top five, uh, for sure guys looking to be some difference makers early in their careers. Uh, you know what you could call maybe a generational talent in Cade Cunningham, uh, yet to be determined, but he, he put on a show in Stillwater, uh, in the whole country really, but had a great season last year for the Cowboys and, uh, yeah, I mean wherever he lands, I think he'll obviously be a difference maker.
1: Um, he, yeah, r- real quick with uh, Cunningham, I think that um he uh he's getting some 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 comps to like a Luka Doncic. And I don't think that's fair because um, you know, I think Luca, you know, if, if we could we could talk about this all day, but um, you know, even when Luca was drafted, um, it's still crazy that he ended up not going number one. Um, I could justify the number one pick being DeAndre Ayton. Um, obviously, um, even more so with with the run he went on, he kind of tailed out in the finals. But um, Cade, I just think that he, he has a little bit of everything. And, um, you know, some analysts have kind of been going, um, talking a lot about his turnover ratio. But I also think he didn't have that many, you know, great players around him at uh, Oklahoma State. So it's kind of um he did what he what he could do with his talent around him. I mean, that's a lot of how it is. Um, and he's going to have to do the same thing going to Detroit. But I mean, they're they have some promising pieces there. Um, you know, Sadiq Bay was a was a really, um you know, big, big pickup for them. I, arguably their best rookie last season. Um, you know, Killian Hayes has a lot of room to grow, but he showed glimpses of uh potential second half of the season. And then Isaiah Stewart's a man child. I mean, that guy, um, you know, was putting up like 20 rebound performances once he got the minutes there. So, I mean, they, they have something to work with there. Um, Obviously they won't be done. I'm sure they'll pick up some bets in free agency and whatnot. Um, And then they have Jeremy Grant and and Mason Plumley, but uh, Cade, um, obviously overall just has the most um, all around talent, I believe. And, obviously room to grow on defense, but um, yeah, he's, he's a shot. He's a shot creator. Um, He can go and get his own bucket. We saw him hit big shots um, late in games uh, throughout the season. And um, yeah, he should be the number one pick, even though you can make a case for guys like Jalen Green and even uh, Evan Mobley.
2: Oh yes. And now all of a sudden I am ready for the NBA season.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Uh, it's, yeah, the draft usually kind of kicks the kickstarts the the preparation for the upcoming NBA year.
2: Well, and then I'm sure you play fantasy basketball as well. So it's like we we really just don't have off seasons as contributors or as like personal sports intakers. Even in the dog days of summer, where everyone's complaining, where it's just like, oh, all there is is baseball and like some soccer here and there. But like for us, it's like it's not like that at all. It's uh we've got so much to uncover, cover, recover all the time. Uh college football season, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but it's under 30 days until they start. So and then the NFL is uh 14 days after that. So buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. We are gonna be hitting warp speed in a lot of different categories here soon. So, so John.
1: Yeah, real quick, before I, uh, before we, uh, transition, um, back to the draft, um, I do actually have, um, a play that I want to give out on the pod. Um, instead of just the top three, you can go with the top four exact order. And this is where I think there's going to be a shakeup, uh, in the draft is going to be at four. Um, more so because last year it was kind of the same scenario with the Bulls going in at four. A lot of teams had like Denny Avdia slotted there, um, potentially LaMelo Ball if he would have dropped to four to go to Chicago. And it ultimately ended up being uh, Patrick Williams with a pick. Um, I know a lot of people have Jalen Suggs going forward to Toronto, but I'm one of those guys that think that um, Scotty Barnes is actually going to be the fourth pick today. Yeah. So I
2: I could see, uh, I could definitely see. Uh-oh. Yeah. And
1: kind of my reasoning, a yeah, my reasoning why that is, and I mean, and I'm not trying to sell Jalen sucks short. I think he's a really good player. I got to catch him live, um, at the tournament in their first, uh, first round game. Um, so the guys, the guys legit, I mean, he's a, he's got that football mentality for sure. Um, decided to go the the basketball route, but the guy he's tough. He's, um, you know, he was one of the guys that I believe, um, only improved his stock at, during the the championship game because he was the one guy that I felt like didn't um get caught in the moment um you know they Baylor handed handed it to uh Gonzaga the whole game pretty much, but he was the one guy that was just flying around on both sides and the moment wasn't too much for him so I think he's a guy that's in a transition well to the pros but ultimately I believe Um, Scotty Barnes has the bigger upside and he's another guy that is, um, being listed as a forward, but I ultimately think he ends up playing point guard and just looking at how Toronto has drafted over the past few years with these kind of like, you know, guys that are, they're, they're kind of out of the box thinking with Masai Ujiri. Um, they like guys that are, that have big wingspans that could, uh, you know, switch off from one to five. And Scotty Barnes fits that, that mold to the, to the, to the core. Not only that, I mean, he's just been one of those guys that's kind of shot up on boards, even though I thought he was going to be in the top 10. Um, obviously the, the shooting is the biggest knock on him. But as we've seen with their player development, um, guys like Pascal Siakam, uh, OG Ananobi, uh, Fred Van Fleet, and even more so last season with, uh, the evolution of Chris Boucher. Um, I think uh, Scotty Barnes ends up being the pick. I actually got the, the Scotty Barnes one to go four with the other three guys to go one, two, and three at plus 900. <laughs> down to plus 300. So there must be some type of, um, you know, backing on the market. So I just think that, um, you know, I think that, that that's a real possibility.
2: Man, immense value there on your ticket. I hope it works out uh, in your favor. I mean that—that is telling with that market drop. I mean that is a—that's a big, significant number. Essentially, uh, you know, let's see. That's more than yeah, more than that's like a two hundred percent drop essentially, almost. Um, lots of good nuggets there, man. Uh, if you listeners need visual visualization of all that vocabulary and stuff that was just used, make sure to follow Jonathan at uh, uh, man. John, is it? It's J Martinez, but the four two is the A R. Correct?
1: Yeah, it's at uh, my Twitter handle is M four two T I N E Z on uh, on Twitter.
2: There's no J, yeah, just Martinez, but okay. essentially just swap yes. the four two for the AR. Yes, yes, perfect, perfect. And then the Liddy Lads podcast, uh, you know, in case there's other nuggets of his folks uh, that you want to listen to, you'll be able to find him doing that. And then you still got to record that for today too.
1: Yes, we're we're gonna be on at uh, noon uh, Central Time uh, over on the Podbean app. Um, I wasn't sure if I was able to talk a little bit about it on here, but, um, yeah, we, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, but no, but no, but no, my good friends, Connor, um, we, uh, we get on, try to get on every day, uh, similar to, to this show and, uh, drop a lot of stuff on there. I actually, um, gave that out that, that, uh, that exact foreplay when it was at plus 900. So hopefully uh, people are listening into that. Um, and then we, uh, the last two days, we've been on two long shot parlays. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, um, two days ago, it was uh, me getting on Harrison Bader from the, the Cardinals to go yard. And uh, to get two plus hits, he ended up getting three. And that was at plus 900. And then yesterday with Votto and uh, Farmer Parlay, uh Connor ended up cashing in on that at plus seven seven ninety, I believe. So yeah, tune into the show. We give a lot of uh perspective and you uh, know, you know, you know and a lot of big value plays.
2: I can second that. Uh and since you've joined, you know, the hoot ball team and been putting stuff in the wager pass, I mean, for y'all that do not know this, but I mean Jonathan's like plus 30 units plus 28 plus eight, plus it is like it's crazy it's somewhere crazy up there so uh yeah it's, it's i lost two yesterday yeah i mean you lost two units yeah. last night I mean, come on like yeah. <laughs> <that's>, you know <laughs> yeah it's- i went seven two and one with a three unit winner so hey that's you know teams uh that's what te- teamwork makes the dream work right
1: yes sir yeah we uh I've been telling a lot of my friends, like, you know, you guys you guys got to get in on this uh, wager pass, you know, and and a lot of my friends are relatively new to the sports betting world. And, um, you know, I tell them all the time, like, hey, I'm not going to send you my plays. But if you guys could do me a big solid and get that wager pass and, um, you know, take baby steps, not just with my plays, but uh, with your plays as well and the rest of our handicappers. Um, you 're going to be just highly satisfied with with the product and especially the discord I think that 's the most underrated part of the whole package is the discord and just the chatter that goes on through that through the discord throughout the day um, I think it 's the easiest way to to get to our our top plays and um you know and get interactive with our cappers and and followers on there so yeah, man, I mean, we got we got something rolling here. Um, I'm just glad to be back with the team. Like I like I mentioned uh, the first time I was on and, you know, just continuing to learn more and more from you guys. And, um, yeah, we, you know, even on the even on my down days when I lose units, you guys uh, carry carry it on the on the wager pass. So it's been it's been so, it's been awesome so far. And I'm excited for uh, more things to come.
2: Yeah. Uh, when I have my one in nine days, you definitely make up the difference. So <laughs> that's the downfall <laughs> of having a high volume batter on your, uh, on your staff. Uh, good thing we got a awesome home run, uh, prop guy to get that plus money back. Um, yeah, the discord, uh, we've got a guy in there that will probably be coming up to the ranks full-time here soon. I don't want to spoil anything out or anything, but like, you know, he, Yesterday, like just his stuff that he was talking about, I think he went like seven and one, eight and one, or so, and it was like some crazy stuff, like it was some abstract betting. So, it, it's not just totals or sides here for us at Hootball, then there's so much more knowledge to gain. And I gained so much throughout the day on the Discord alone. Uh, so and I'm the head of the division, <laughs> like, quote unquote, like that's the hat that Dan gave me. He literally mailed it. I'm wearing it right now. But like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a great community and it's a fun thing to be a part of. And then you mentioned the wager pass and stuff. I mean, the loyalty program, the membership loyalty stuff, lock in the forever price because we're about to get into August and then a couple weeks into August, we're going to stop the loyalty pricing and it goes up. Like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be going up. And listeners of the show, you know that I don't really harp on the premium stuff and you spending your dollars with us all that much uh, because I try to respect the sanctity of a free podcast. But look, the value is there. I mean, you get anywhere from six to 14 plays a day from me. And then Jonathan giving out home run dingers, and Blake's an MLB guy also. And then football's around the corner. We got guys winning on Olympic plays and soccer plays and golf tournaments. So get in, get active, join the family, and join the Discord. Jonathan, I appreciate you carving the time out today and adding on to your recording schedule. I'm glad that you're part of our team. And uh, you got any last parting words for us and the listeners of Today in Sports Betting?
1: Thanks for thanks again for having me on on my second show here. Um this is honestly really exciting because like I like I told you before, I was one of the the listeners and that's how I kind of uh knew about the the opportunities to work for the company. So um to be on here now, um it's a long time coming for me. Uh and it's it's awesome. Like, like you said, um make sure you guys uh get on the uh know the wager pass as part of the the loyalty program um and and continue to to ride us and and uh expect bigger and better things for us in the future and um excited to to have that capper you know i don't want to give his name out on here but i did want to talk a little bit about him um before he makes the jump to the to the with the big boys on the uh top plays but uh him and uh adam i've been back and forth a lot cuz we all kind of got started on on the on the betting stuff on the discord at the same time so um got into talk to those guys uh you know uh, privately on twitter so i'm pretty cool with them and um yeah i mean it's it's exciting and and uh just grateful to to be a part of this uh this team and and um thanks again for having me back on the show
2: anytime brother you know, you probably would have been on three days in a row had the Internet gods worked on my favor. But, uh, you know, shout out to Hooper over there in the Discord. He just joined up as a new Rager pass member. Uh, so looking forward to him. I saw him join us up in the morning time today. So steady influx of people in the growth of all this and we love it. So let us know what we can do better or worse at. I mean, if you just want to be weird and tell us what we can do to be worse, let us know in a one to a five star ratio, uh, you know, rating. So Apple podcasts, we're almost top 10 for sports betting podcasts. Please help us out in that regard. Screenshot your review, send it over to me. I'll get you hooked up with some Manscaped products. I'll uh, set you up a free MyBookie account funded or something. You know, you just help us help you. Uh, We already have premium stuff. So I want to try to help give back to the folks that are helping us out as much as I can. So that being said, I am sending you all of my good vibes and all of my good energies. Make sure to have a wonderful Joyous and safe day today. Be kind to someone. Do something nice if you can. And uh, today in sports betting is out.
0: This has been a hoop ball presentation.